If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Right before legend Barbara Walters passed away, we had the pleasure of sitting down with the one, the only, Debbie Matinopoulos. We talked all about that first season of The View. Back when she was only in her early 20s, she spills stories. We've all read Ladies Who Pun. She spills stories. We talk about Barbara and all the rumors how she was. We talk about what working with this great legend was like. We also talk about RHOBH. Has she been asked? Would she ever join? She... It's the demographic of what they're looking for. We have never aired this interview, and today we share this chat with the one, the only, Debbie Matinopoulos. Hey, everyone. This is David. Welcome back behind the Velvet Rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, Debbie Matinopoulos. I just need to film you real quick. You can film me. Debbie, you can film me as much as you would like. You know, I mean, I'm just going to sit here and sip my coffee and enjoy myself. What is going on? How is how is L.A. today? It's um, surprisingly a little overcast, which is never in Los Angeles, but it'll burn off by one o'clock. You know, they always say it burns off in L.A. It's going to burn off by one. Um, For me, though, being an East Coast girl, I love this weather. It's the one time of the year that it sort of feels like we have seasons. It starts right about now and then goes until December. It really kind of feels like fall, but we don't get a winter. It's basically summer and, and springish fall here. (laughs) That is one of the, as much as I love LA, that is literally one of the, that and the fact that I don't drive, those are the two things. And when I come and stay in LA for an extended period of time, I still don't drive. You can get, I wouldn't be driving in LA if you're not a driver. Yeah. It's, it is aggressive. And I don't know if you've seen our six lane freeways on either side. So there's 12 lanes. I, people that have driven their whole lives who I grew up with in Virginia come out here and they nearly have a meltdown when I put them on the freeway. They're like, what is going on? Why are there so many lanes here? Oh my gosh, this is crazy. But it's, it is a, um, it's really impressive. The sort of organized chaos that our freeways are. And the fact that there aren't more car accidents because we are, everyone kind of goes in their little perfect way. And it's like a bunch of ants just following each other and it works. It's crazy. There's a lot of traffic, but I'm shocked at how organized it is. It, it all scares me. Well, you know, I want to start out by saying, you know, congratulations on the new show, The Modern Mom with Debbie Metanopoulos. Thank you. We changed the name. You we did. Ch- to um, a cheerful heart and home with Demetnopolis because I felt like it's so much more than just being a mom. You know, I felt like it was um, a little bit of a false advertisement. It wasn't, it didn't really tell you all the different things that I'm going to be covering on the show. So, you know, if you see that, that 
name and you're like, well, I'm not a mom and I don't care about mom things, then you wouldn't watch. So after I, I called the executive producer and I'm like, you know, no, it's more than that. And they're like, you know what? You're right. So we changed it. I would agree with that. You know, I mean, I am not a mom or a dad, nor will I ever be. And that's okay by choice, but well, it's by choice, you know, as you, all, all the things that you do discuss on this show, I mean, it's fashion, it's beauty, it's like food. These are all things that I'm very interested in and I've watched it and it's like, it's, you know, you cover it all. Yeah, it's fun. Exactly. So it, it covers the gamut. I mean, it's anything from cooking and baking and fashion and advice and, and lifestyle and yes, and crafts and things with kids and, and stuff like that. And it's all very seasonal. You know, I think my favorite thing about this show on uh, Great American Community and GAC Networks is that we were given basically carte blanche. So when the producers came, they said, listen, we want, we're going to start a new network and we're going to start doing it this way. We're going to offer a free app on the Apple store. It's on Android. It's on all that. And it's going to be connected to our website, greatamericancommunity.com. You can watch it there. And they're going to run it linearly on the, the networks. And we're going to give you all kind of your short form, short format shows. So, and I was like, oh, this is so great. They're going, okay, what do you want to do? And I said, what? Like, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, what do you want me to do? I said, whatever you want to do. I've never in my entire life, in all the years I've been on television, have had a CEO, a COO, and an executive producer say to me, no, just do whatever you want to do. I mean, it has to fall in certain guidelines. You know, you can't do anything too like crazy. But for the most part, if I want to literally set up my phone and just talk about what my day was or um yeah, I don't know, advice, or if I want to take it on a family vacation, or if I want to go shopping for makeup, whatever I want to do, they said, do it. Wow. That's kind of like, by the way, the only thing that I could maybe even equate to it would be like having your own podcast. Because you do whatever, you talk to whoever you want to talk to, right? Well, that's why my eyes are lighting up. Because I'm like, you know, I've had a lot of different careers before I did this. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's in the entertainment business that never happens. Ever. I'm shocked. Like, I think, I wonder if I could do this and I'll call and be like, can I do this? I go, they said, it's your channel. Do whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. <laughs> wow. And you do cover it all. What is like one piece of like lifestyle advice you would offer to people just overall, like, you know, and people have to tune in because it's a great show, but like, you know, this is your, listen, you have two decades in the business and you kind of have covered it all as like a lifestyle expert and TV host. So like, what advice would you offer someone? You know, protect your peace and don't by, by, by protect your peace. I mean, worry about you. Just worry about you and what you're doing and where you're going. Now, they're different. There's a lot of aspects of this, a lot of facets of this, because, you know, there's so many people that say, well, this, she's doing this and I wish I was doing that, or he's doing this, I wish I was doing that. And why are they doing that? And why are I not? Don't worry about what the guy next to you is doing or the girl next to you is doing. You worry about what you're doing. If you're looking over here the whole time, you're going to, wreck into something. You need to look straight ahead and focus on what you want to do and where you want to go. If you keep focusing on someone else, you're only sending them the energy to, to do better or to get where they want to go. You worry about you. So that's number one, because that will bring you so much peace. That's part of protecting your peace because you, you don't care about what 
the others are doing. You care about what you're doing and where you're going and how and how well you can get there, okay? And how quickly or whatever it is you can get there. Um, another thing, don't have fear of missing out. Because a lot of times when we have fear of missing out and we're saying, oh gosh, I wish I was there. I wish I did that. You're not being in the moment. You know what you should be? You should have fear of missing the moment, you know, and not wishing you were somewhere else. It's about being present and about appreciating every minute and every and every experience that you're having currently as opposed to wishing you were somewhere else because wishing you were somewhere else brings you a lot of stress as opposed to just saying, wake you up and saying, wow, I'm really happy with where I am. I'm grateful, I'm blessed and I'm gonna keep striving for what I want. And that's okay. You want to have goals and you want to have aspirations. You want to, you know, you don't want to be complacent, but also be grateful and be thankful because life goes by so fast. And I, it sounds so ridiculous. And, um, I feel like, like that old lady that used to, you know, say, Oh honey, your life is just, you know, pinching my cheeks when I was little, but truly David, I still feel like I'm that 17 year old girl working at MTV. And I look back and I go, what happened? How did that where did that time go? And that time went just because you were living life and you're moving forward and you're doing your thing. But when you stop and look back and you go, geez, that went like that. So be grateful, protect your peace. Don't worry about anybody else. Worry about yourself. I agree with all of that. Now I am really good with 99% of that. But yes, it took me a while to get there. But once you get there, and it sounds so simple, but 99% of the people I think don't follow those. No. And you have to remind yourself, it's true. Once you get there, you are so liberated. It's like a sense of freedom that no one can give you except for you. You are in charge of your own personal freedom. And I mean that across the board because- Even if you are in an awful situation, you have the choice and the freedom inside of your brain, inside of your heart to decide how you're going to act and react. You decide if you, even if you're in a bad, bad place, if you decide you want to make the best of it, you know, not everyone is, you know, unfortunately we're not all equal across the board financially emotionally, you know, physically, all of it. We're, we're all different, but you have a choice. You're, you can choose happiness. I'm not telling you it's easy. Girl, there are times I wake up and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna choose happiness in situations of like, okay, take a deep breath, be happy. But you have to remind yourself and you can do it. You are in charge of your destiny and you're in charge of what is inside of here and what's inside of here. No matter what anyone else does, that exterior has nothing to do with you. This does. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. 
Summer's over. Kids are going back to school. Your summer vacation is done. Everything's changing. But one thing that hasn't changed is my motion sickness. Still have it, but none of that matters because I have relief band. Have you ever had to pull over because someone in your car was nauseous? Well, you won't have to if you have a relief band. Relief band is the number one FDA approved anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, hello, morning sickness, and even chemotherapy. It's literally a band you wear on your wrist that gives you relief from nausea and it uses technology that works with your body. So it's safe, drug-free and has zero side effects. It really is that simple and it works. I use it. So think about it. If you always have a flashlight on hand for a blackout or a first aid kit on hand for emergencies, well, then you need a relief band on hand for those unexpected nausea moments. Right now, I have an exclusive offer just for Behind the Velvet Rope listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code velvet you get 20 percent off plus free shipping so head to r-e-l-i-e-f-b-a-n-d.com and use our promo code velvet for 20 percent off plus free shipping how often do you guys shop online if you're like me it's a lot and that's why rakuten is my favorite new website i love rakuten because i earn cash back i'm a member on everything that i buy it's really that simple rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over four thousand two. 200 stores across every category. Beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets. When I joined Rakuten, I realized I was already shopping at all these stores that they have on their website. So I'm thinking, why not get cash back while doing it? I just bought a whole bunch of new fall clothes from Bloomingdale's, but instead of going to Bloomingdale's.com, I went to Rakuten and then that took me to Bloomingdale's.com. How much cash back did I get? 2%. Rakuten has so many stores on their website. Saks Fifth Avenue, Nordstrom, The Gap, Banana Republic, Nike, Neiman Marcus. That's right. Right now, if I went to Nike, I would get 8% cash back just for buying something that I was going to buy anyway. You could even buy your groceries on Rakuten. So do you need to buy something online right now? If so, stop. Go to Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. I 100% agree. Well, A, you know, it's like that saying, like, you can't control people's actions. You can only control your reactions. And B, this is why, Debbie, you have your own show as a lifestyle expert and other things on the GAC network, because this is all the basic advice. That, that's it. I really think that is 99% of it. Um, it's kind of like 99% of, of the secret to, to having a happy life. Yeah. Like being okay and feeling okay, because there are times where things seem so out of control. And if you can just come back to your own peace, at least you have control of yourself. And at least you have control of your little microcosm. Because we can't, there's so many things that we cannot control, but we can control this. And that's all we can control. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of being 17 years old and, you know, working at MTV, you know, talk to me about working at MTV in your 20s and, you know, this chance meeting with Barbara Walters. Like, that is what led to your time on The View. Do you see how I did that nice segue there, Debbie? Um, <laughs> I mean, listen, this is behind the velvet rope and we are professionals here. How did, I mean, like, how, I guess I just have the basic question. Like, how did you meet Barbara Walters? Like, did she walk into the MTV studios or it had nothing to do with MTV? Nothing. So I was at, I mean, 
first of all, the only thing I wanted to do in my life when I was growing up in Richmond, Virginia was move to New York and work at MTV. My dream, when I tell you David, working at the beach house, the BB beach house or on the grind was like the end all be all in my mind. I mean, I was a teenager. I was a kid and that's all we, you know, or yo MTV raps. We were obsessed with this stuff. So anyway, I'm going to uh, VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University in Virginia, my first semester, my parents won't let me leave and go to NYU because I was graduated high school young. So I, I knew I needed to do an internship and I knew my only way to New York was to do an internship. My parents are immigrants, so they did not know that you do an internship your senior year. So I figured, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to apply for an internship over the summer, my freshman year and see what happens. <laughs> so I get a call back from MTV. They say, yes, you please come up for an interview. I say to my mom and dad, I have to do this because if I don't, I will never get a job in the entertainment industry. And if you guys don't let me go, you're going to have that on your head that you, you know, it was your fault. I didn't get high. Yes. So they're like, okay, okay. So I go up, I do the interview, they hire me. I come back for the summer and um, I work there the whole summer. And then they say, just stay and we'll hire on for a PA. So I, I, again, go back to my parents. I say, I've been hired now and coming from a very strict immigrant family from Greece, they said to me, if you don't finish college, don't ever come home. Don't ever come back to this house, lose our number. I mean, talk about tough love. I mean, they were serious tough love, you know, because an education to an immigrant is everything. Listen, education is the most important thing in the world, no matter if it's, if it's education at a school or just education in life, it's super important to survive. And, and the most important thing you will get out of this lifetime, I think, is learning. Totally. Okay. So, I went to my boss. I said, I can't stay here. My, they basically told me never to come back to my house if I don't finish college. Like, this is a problem. I'm like, it's not good. I can't stay for, by the way, they were going to pay me $75 a day in New York City. You live in New York. You know what it's like. Yeah. So I said, I, and my, my boss at the time was uh, the head of the news department. And he said, well, why don't you just transfer to NYU? And I said, I'd love to, but I don't know if I could get into NYU, he makes a call to the Dean and says, Hey, I'm going to send you this student to call your college and have them transfer all your, um, your files over and he'll take a look at it. And if it were not for this man, I probably would have never had the trajectory. My career would not have had this trajectory. I, who knows? Maybe it would have, but it would have maybe taken different turns and, and twists before I got to, to where I was going. So I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. So I get into school. I tell my parents how I've gotten in. So they can't say no. So now I'm finally in New York where I wanted to be. Working at MTV and going to NYU simultaneously. So I was doing that and having the best time of my life. When I tell you that's where I thought I would start my career and I would end my career. MTV, that was like our Bible. Yeah. I remember what MTV was like with TRL and that whole thing. When I tell you I was in the heyday of MTV, it was the coolest. It was with Tabitha, Soren, and Kurt Loder, and Daisy, and, um, and oh my gosh, and uh, Bill Bellamy. It was all the cool yeah. kids. We had, we had Jenny McCarthy. I mean, we had so much fun. I always say we all graduated from MTV High. So anyway, so, oh, Cindy Crawford was there at the time. 
so we, you know, I'm there for a few years and loving my life, going to NYU, going to concerts at night and, you know, going to school in the morning and then MTV. And, and one of my friends who worked with me at MTV, her good friend was leaving to go to, um, to be a weatherman in, in some Idaho, maybe I don't really remember. And he was having going away party. So again, I was not looking for a job. I had my job. It was my dream job. And I was thrilled and still going to NYU and, you know, just trying to graduate and then decide what I was going to do at MTV. And she says, Oh, let's go to his going away party. This is like a Wednesday or something. And I had school in the morning the next day. And I had work after that. I'm like, Oh, Julie, we're gonna have to go uptown to this. Ugh. So we go uptown to this party and it's a fabulous party. I mean, it's fantastic. The MTV Video Music Awards are live this Tuesday, September 12th at 8, 7 central. I am so freaking excited. I mean, this really is music's most iconic night. And this year, there's going to be unbelievable performances from artists like Doja Cat, Carol C., Lil Wayne, Tomorrow and Together, and so many more. And, oh my God, Demi Lovato is returning to the VMA stage for the first time in six years. Plus, this year's video vanguard, Shakira, she is, I swear, I'm telling you, she's going to bring down the house. She always does. And guess who the Global Icon Award is this year? Diddy. He's such an icon. But the party doesn't stop there. Who will take home Moon Person for video of the year? Will it be Doja Cat? My personal favorite, Miley Cyrus, Sam Smith, Kim Petras, SZA, Taylor Swift? We just have to watch to find out. Listen, the MTV Video Music Awards are live this Tuesday at 8, 7 Central. Watch on MTV. All of you who listen to this podcast on the regular know two things about me. I love reality TV and I love coffee. I mean, how many cups of coffee do I drink on average here per show? Three. But what you guys may not know is that the only coffee I love is Starbucks. I love everything about a Starbucks. Do you know that I'm such a regular here in East Hampton at my Starbucks that in the morning when I go in, I don't even have to speak to them. They literally make my drink because I'm standing in line and hand it to me when I go to pay. Now, as we head into the fall, my normal fall drink is usually the pumpkin spice latte. But this fall, I need to tell you guys about the iced apple crisp. This new drink is an iced apple crisp oat milk shaken espresso. Yum. Just let that sink in. Do you know how good this is? It's made with blonde espresso, creamy oat milk, and spiced apple flavors. Oh my God. You could sit back and you can enjoy all autumn long. So you guys have to try this and let me know what you think. And listen, order ahead on the Starbucks app. That's right. Order ahead before you get there on the Starbucks app and enjoy. And this guy comes over to me and I'm not really... I'm like, hey, we're going to stay a few hours and we're out of here, maybe an hour. So he goes, hey, doll, would you like to come in and audition tomorrow for Barbara Walters? Okay, I had pink hair because at that time, Todd Oldham was doing House of Style. And he, he did a whole thing of how you uh, dye, how the punk rockers used to dye their hair in the 70s. And they would use Kool-Aid. So my hair is very blonde and porous. You can only imagine back then. It wasn't even done professionally back then. I was doing it myself. So it was so white and so damaged. So they dyed my hair on House of Style because that's another thing MTV loved to do. They loved to just, um, you know, take a PA or take a anybody who wasn't on camera because they didn't have to pay them and then just use you as their model or use you to do some stuff. Yeah. Super fun. It was like, you know, it was really just very rogue and fun. 
So they dyed my hair pink and I see this guy and I think, is he nuts? I have hot pink hair in the middle of winter time. And it, we just had a snow blizzard in New York. Okay. So it was a giant blizzard. So the juxtaposition of the white snow against my pink hair was, I looked like Krusty the Clown. So I go, uh, yeah, but I'm not sure she want to work with me. Why? And he said, oh, we're doing this new show of you from here, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, sure, sure. Don't think anything of it. Continue to hang out, meet some people at the party. I say, okay, it's time for me to go. I got to be at school in the morning and at work tomorrow. Bye. I don't give him my phone number. Julie, my friend, who was also my roommate, stays. I go home, go to sleep. The next morning, I rush out of that house, late to school, no shower, like literally just brush my teeth, barely brush my hair, go to school, go to MTV. And Julie says to me, he has been calling me all day. You have to get over there to ABC and meet Barbara Walters and Bill Getty. And I said, I didn't even shower this morning. Are you crazy? (laughs) You have to go over there. They're waiting for you. You told them you were going to go. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm like, by the way, no time for the subway. So because we had we had access to the company cars because she would book all the cars for the celebrities. That was one of her jobs at MTV. She goes, I'm just calling you a car, get in the car and go up there. Okay. I go to, to the ABC building on the Upper West Side. Okay. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, this is like the corporate building. I'm wearing a mini skirt. I have a bowling bag for a purse. My hair is pink and I have a baby tee on and boots to my knees. Mortified. I'm going up the escalator and people are looking at me like, what who is that is this a singing telegram so <laughs> i thought well you know what i'm here just hold your head high make the best of it they're the ones who asked me to come here it's not like i was asking them so i go in i sit down and i start talking with bill barbara did was not in the meeting yet i start talking with bill he's like you know what do you like blah 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 asking me questions you know you can't fail a test that's just about you. They're just, he's just asking me my background, where do I grow up? Where do I go to, where do I go to school? You know, where, why MTV? Like, you know, and then Barbara pokes her head in and here I'm with my bowling bag, my lap. Hi there, very nice to meet you. Oh, so nice to meet you, baby. I'm so happy you came. She called me baby from the time she met me. So anyway, she does a quick drive by. I'm thinking this is fabulous. We have like just a, you know, maybe a five minute conversation. I continue with Bill. I leave, I go back to MTV. And that was enough for me. I wanted to have a story where I said, wow, I met Barbara Walters and it was incredible. And what an icon, what a legend. This was the coolest thing. I thought that was going to be the end of it. That was it. He calls that afternoon and said, you were her favorite. She loves you. You're coming back in two weeks for a taped audition. I was like, what? Didn't have, he goes, send over your headshot, send over your reel, send over your bio. I didn't have a headshot. I didn't have a reel. I didn't have a bio. I was at MTV and they would throw me on air every minute that they didn't have somebody there and somebody, then they didn't want to pay someone. So it's not had any of this stuff. So I go in the newsroom and I think, they asked me for all this stuff. What am I going to do? They sent me down to the studio. They take pictures of me. It's like the little MTV elves took pictures of me. They put me on the news, sat me next to Kurt Letter and said, read this. Here's your reel. Sent the re- I mean, they were, you could not imagine how amazing they were to me. And I thought, oh my gosh. Okay. So I sent all this stuff over. 
So they wrote a bio for me. <laughs> the nurse department like gathered around there, like, let's write you a bio. I mean, if you saw my first bio, you would die. I mean, it starts like when I was in seventh grade. I remember going back to change the bio and I said, who wrote this? And then I started laughing and remembered, oh, it was my friends at MTV. Okay, so, <laughs> so I go back, we go to the, the audition, which is at um, St. Regis, I think. I think it was the St. Regis. And, or maybe it was the Essex House. It might've been the Essex House. I don't know. It was one of those big hotels on the park. I can't remember. So we go in and, well, I walk in and I'm at this point, a mess, a disaster. I'm thinking I have gotten in way over my head. I'm taking this a little too far. What in the world am I thinking that Bar Walters wants to do a network show with me? I've been on NTV a handful of times and I'm going to suddenly be on this and I'm a journalism student at, at NYU. I still haven't even graduated. Why am I here? You know, all the, the things that play in your head, like I'm yeah. put a, crazy, I'm fraud. Oh my gosh, I'm a kid. So I walk through the door and I see a sea, just a huge room of famous people, except for me, which made me even more nervous and even more insecure. And they're all, they all know each other and they're talking and they're laughing. And I'm just this girl that's 21 years old at the corner, you know, afraid to, of my own shadow at that point. And I realized, you know what? I'm just going to go. That's enough. I'm just going to go. I've, I've taken it this far. I'm good. I don't need any, any of this. I want to work at MTV anyway. <laughs> Because that's the best place on the planet in my mind, in my 21 year old mind. I've been there now four years and I love them. And they love me. I'm going to stay there. So I turn around to walk out. It was a big, like they, they'd rented like the penthouse or something. And there were separate rooms. They were doing makeup in one room and there was like the holding room in the other room. So I turn around and I walk through the, like kind of the hallway and open the door to walk out. And these two giant doors and Barbara is standing there when I open the door. And I'm like, oh, hi. And she says, oh, baby, I'm so glad you came. She puts her hand on my shoulder and leads me back into the room and now addresses this entire room of people standing beside me with her hand on my shoulder. And I'm like a deer in headlights because now I'm thinking, oh, boy, I, I can't, number one, I can't leave now. You know, that was my exit. But she happen to be there. I mean, if that was not some sort of weird cosmic fate, if, if I was a minute earlier or she was a minute later, it would have never happened. You Ever. really would have laughed. I would have. Oh, no, no. I was leaving. There was no way I was staying there. I was so in over my head and so afraid. And when I saw all those people, because before, you know, you, you, yeah, I got this. I got this. And then when you walk in, it's like a record scratches and you go, oh, boy. Okay, you know everyone's name in this room. Nobody knows your name. You need to go home. <laughs> it's enough. I need to just leave. So I was very comfortable with leaving. I would not have stayed. So anyway, she wow. leaves. We sit down. We do these auditions, and she's they switch people in and out all day. And that first group that sat down, the first group of those 750 people that day, because they had, I think seven, like they had three or four days of auditions, but 750 people that day, that first group was the group that made it on the show. Isn't that wild? Yeah. The original group that you saw. 
who else did you see? Like, did you only speak with them and audition with them? Or were these other famous people, like, were you intertwined with them? Intertwined with all of them. There was um, Emmy, who was the uh, plus size model, like the first plus size model. She was a big deal. Veronica Webb was there. Mother Love was there. Uh, Joan Rivers was there. Jeez. Um, Tyra, I think, was there. Uh, a lot of news people. Lots and lots of news people. Like if you, I can't think of them off the top of my head right now, but tons of news people that were real like staples on ABC and on CBS, NBC. Um, Did you test with Tyra? No, I tested with Emmy and I tested with Veronica. So I, I was obviously in that, that was the group that we were. So Tyra was my competition, I guess, Emmy, uh, um, Veronica, all of those kind of girls that were, were kind of in the same age group, like give or take a few years. So. Just curious if you were tested with Tyra. I didn't. No. So you got the job. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe it. <laughs> Are you sure? I thought I was being punked. Barbara left me a message on my answering machine. It was that long ago. It's when you had little tapes. And I thought I was being punked by my friends at MTV and I had to listen to it over and over and over. And I said, are you sure that's her? And then did you, cause you say MTV, listen, they gave us Jersey shore later on in the Hills. And I mean, like I, you are preaching to the choir over here, but like, did you say, Oh, goodbye. Or did you really go through that? Like, well, I mean, I could go do this news program with Barbara Walters, but Hey, this is MTV. Like, did you almost not take it? Did you grapple with that? Or were you like, no, this will change my life so to speak. I don't think I realized what a big deal it was. You know, I don't think I realized that it was going to be life-changing until it had become life-changing. I was too young, you know, like when you're 21 years old and maybe, maybe now people are more savvy to it because remember this was before Instagram. This was before TikTok, Twitter. We had no Facebook. There was no social. There were no socials. So like, if you were kind of living in your little world, you were living in your little world. Now everyone has 15 minutes of fame. Everyone is Insta famous immediately. And they see, oh gosh, what a big deal this thing is. And I just blew up everywhere and I broke the internet. Back then I was more worried about what was happening at the time. I was so into the MTV thing. I mean, I loved it. It was so fun to work there. It was really such a great experience. And you learn trial by fire. It was a place where they'd say, okay, here's our budget here go, go make a show. And if it works, it works. If not, okay, we move on to the next one. Whereas a network is so not like that network has to think about it, do a pilot, do a test. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, at MTV, it was whatever goes. So, um, I, I knew it was an incredible experience. And my parents were beside themselves. They said, what in the world? We didn't want her to go to MTV and look and now she's going to be sitting next to Barbara Walters. I think at that point in time in my life, it was more impressive to my parents and to my parents' friends and to people who actually understood what a big deal this was and what a big deal she was and, and is. And that's why to me, I was like, so what? Like, had you said to me, <laughs> had you said to me, oh, you're doing a show with Madonna? I would have passed out, fallen down and died. Where Barbara Walters 
is and was the Madonna of the journalism world. Like she started it all. If it wasn't for her, no women would have the opportunities we have had today. She broke the glass ceiling. She was the first one on the, the first woman on the nighttime news. She was the first woman to have it, to be an anchor with a man and not do fluff pieces. She, she was a, a, a trailblazer. Yeah, she really did change the face of television for women. Yes and yes. Now, I wish you used a different example besides Madonna, because that is that is my that is my gold standard. I mean, like I am a self-respecting gay man over here. So now I'm like picturing like I don't know what I would do in that situation. But yes, Barbara is a huge. Yeah, like a huge deal. So at that time, I was like, yeah, this is great. And then I realized, oh my gosh, this is a huge deal. And this is a huge responsibility. And my antics at MTV are not going to work over here at ABC. And you better pull it together, little girl, because now you're in the big leagues and you're not like, you know, playing at Rompa Room, wearing half baby shirts to work. (laughs) Right. And like, you're in the room and you don't realize it. But then like, when I was preparing to sit down with you, I was like, wait, you were 22? Because I would have said you were like, you know, 28. Like, you know, it just... You I was sure the 22 and you're like 22 when we went on the air it was it was insane we then we did um we did run throughs for months and I thought oh okay this is gonna this will prepare me for going on live television no it will not none of, I mean you can run through for the rest of your life until you're blue in the face but when you were sitting there live and there is two there are 250 people in the audience and that little light comes on above the camera and you know what that means now. Now you're fully aware of what this means because everyone has told you what a big deal it is. You're like, hi. I mean, it can, it's really, really frightening. Or at least it was for me, but I learned very quick because you don't have a choice. You learn very quickly. Was there any time when you were there, you know, in the room doing the job, Star Jones and you and Meredith Vieira and Joy, like, did you ever grow into it and say like, you know what? okay, we're on our, you know, hundredth or whatever number you got to, or were you just like, oh man, what's going on here? Well, I, I got more comfortable. I will tell you that I got a lot more comfortable because just like anything, the more you do it, the more it becomes habit and, and the more, the better you get at it. I mean, anything, you know, and the more comfortable you become like, what's that book? Is it called the tipping point? What's that book? Where if you do yeah, something, something. A thousand hours, you are, you are legit, the definition of an expert. Um, so yeah, I I became far more comfortable with the actual um, the production part of it and knowing where to look and what to do and how to read a prompter because I didn't even know how to read a prompter. All this stuff I got very very comfortable with. What I never fully got comfortable with, and I'm not sure. If you asked any of the women on The View today, how many of the, of, their, of, of us were there? I think they're probably about 22 over the years. Do you know? Okay. I do not know off the top of my head now. Okay. So there's about 22 of us in the world that have had this experience. That's it. 22 of us. And I bet you, I bet you 90% of them would say they're never fully comfortable about what they say. And it has nothing to do with the people sitting there and your conversation. 
a show like that makes you very vulnerable in a sense where if you were going to be honest and true to yourself and true to your beliefs, no matter what it is, there will be somebody who is ready to attack you and ready to be hateful and angry. And what I like, I could say the sky is blue and I'll get hate mail saying she's such an idiot. The sky is not blue. It reflects off the sea. And you're like, wait, oh my gosh, what? Wow. Why, why do you not like me? Whereas when you're doing other shows, you know, if I'm showing someone how to cook, okay, either you like what I'm cooking or you don't like what I'm cooking. <laughs> either you like my clothes style or you don't like my clothes style. But once you start sharing your views on um, world events and politics and religion and whatever it may be and uh, marriage and life and children, people come at you blazing. It's like they're ready, like there's a militia ready to tear you down. And I don't know where that comes from or why people have that desire to go after others, especially when they're hiding behind a, a computer or they're hiding behind a Twitter or an Instagram. But there's a weird insatiable desire from humans to kind of want to tear people down. And that's awful. I really hope that the world changes and starts to get better for the sake of our kids and, and the sake of my daughter. Like, I feel like there ha there's been a, a turn a bit since COVID and, and since we've had some really kind of awful times here in the last few years where people have softened and have been able to be more accepting. You know, I feel like the acceptance is spreading with the generations coming. So perhaps some of that ugliness and that hatefulness will subside as well. I mean, I don't know if it ever will, but we can only hope. <laughs> but so, you know, to answer your question in a very long drawn out way, I got comfortable with everything else, but I never got comfortable with what I would say. Cause even if I knew in my heart, I believed it. I knew the minute it came out of my mouth, I thought, yep, somebody's going to say something hateful to me. Do you think it's easier today to do the view? I mean, like with social media, like if someone were hired today, I mean, we had the height of cancel culture. Now I think we're in a different phase. I mean, is it easier now? Is it harder? Is it more of the same? I think it's harder. I would have to say, because I've gone back many times. I think I've co-hosted with them, you know, a gazillion times. And I've been a guest yeah. on there. So I think it's probably harder because there are more um, outlets now where people can tear you down. There are more places. They can go to Twitter. They can go to Instagram. They go to TikTok. Th then they send emails. They can, you know, they can start a campaign against you if you say something that you don't like, even if it's, not, they don't like, even if it's not going to be a cancel culture situation. They, I mean, I, I don't know the last time you looked at the Views Instagram page. Wow. Someone will say something really just completely innocent and they will go on that page and attack them for everything. And then people will start fighting on the page internally. And it has nothing to do with what the person said. And then they take in a completely different direction. So for me, it would probably be easier to do the show today for a, like a, as you know, a daily um, host, because I wouldn't read the stuff and I wouldn't care because I've grown so much in the years I've been doing this that I know you're never as good as they say, and you're never as bad as they say, ever. I can never be as fantastic as some of these things, right? But please. And I'm also not as bad as they write either. <laughs> so as long as you stay in that middle ground, you realize you can't listen to these things. You can't read them. You can't worry about them. 
again, like we started this conversation, what they say is more about them than it is about me. Like that says a whole lot about you, honey, if you're going to write something so evil about me. So anyway, for me, it would probably be easier to do the show, but in general, I don't think it is because of how much, how many opportunities, how many places people can really go after you. That all makes sense to me. You know, what about, you know, look, we've all read ladies who punch you were, you know, involved, like how accurate, you know, like what was the atmosphere? Like when you were there, like, you know, you are the OG, like that season one, it's like, I think it's so authentic because I mean, yes, the show has changed, but like, you don't have anything to compare it to. So you don't come in studied. I mean, talk to us about ladies who punch. And I mean, what was the atmosphere? Like, did we see Barbara melt down on a daily basis? Listen, Barbara was, Barbara is a lot of things. She's an icon. She's a legend. She's a trailblazer. She's, she's amazing. I mean, the woman, what she's accomplished is mind boggling, especially with what she had to accomplish, what she accomplished in in that day and age compared to now. Um, She's tough as nails. She's not warm and cuddly. She's not going to come up and give you a, a cuddle and a hug and a kiss. I mean, sometimes she would, she would but that's not what you're going to expect. She was hysterical and she was sometimes so raunchy and off color. And I would die and say, Oh my gosh, I can't believe she's telling me these like dirty jokes. She was hysterical in that sense, but she was tough. And she's like, I'm not going to come in here and bust my ass and and with you guys not doing it. And her reputation was on the line. You know, this is a woman who has had an incredible career sacrificed everything in her life to get where she was. And she certainly wasn't going to let four other women who were like, woohoo, whooping it up. And we thought this was a big party to take her down. And she also had a reputation to uphold with, with heads of states, with presidents, with, with her very bougie friends, you know, and suddenly we're like, (laughs) so she was tough. And I expect her to be tough because if she was going to work that hard, we should work that hard too. Like, I have no problem with that. And I understand that a lot better now than I did then. And I'm sure the rest of those women do too, but especially me, because I, all I knew was MTV. So now looking back, you know, having come full circle and having hosted my own show for 10 years and seeing, you know, the younger kids and younger generation come up and all of us busting our butts. And I'd be like, what is this kid doing? Like, you know, in your brain. And I would think back and laugh and be like, oh my gosh, that was me. That was me. Oh. And I'd be like, instead of being angry, but come here, let me just tell you something. We're all working so hard and it looks super disrespectful if you're not. So I would go about it in a different way, probably because I know what it was like the other way. I knew what it was like to get the, you know, the wrath of God on the other end and be like, oh, I'd be petrified and so scared to come out of my dressing room. Did I deserve some of that? Yeah. I mean, in today's day and age, you'd be in huge trouble if you acted like that on a set. But that was a different time. The way that, you know, the way that you were corrected on a set back then was much different than the way you'd be corrected today. I mean, I would say things that Barbara didn't like. She would pinch me under the table. She would literally pinch me, give me the church pinch or, or punch me like that under the table. If that happened today, but of course I knew at that time too, I respect this woman. I respect everything she's been through. Maybe I needed that. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't be talking about going to prodigy concerts or, you know, like it was just, it was a different time. And was, 
you know, were those stories in that, in that book true? Yeah, they're all true. None of those are lies because if they were lies, you'd have one of those people suing you. Do you know what I mean? And I will say when he came around to do the book, he came, I knew him because he had written a story on me in variety years earlier. And he called me, I was at um, the insider and he said, I'm going to do this book. I'd love you to be part of it. And I went back and forth. I went back and forth. I thought, all right, come to my dressing room. We'll talk. I'm not telling you to be part of the book. Just come to my dressing room. So we came to the dressing room. It was really cool. And I was like, you know, I want to help him do this because he's a lifelong fan, like crazy bananas fan. And <coughs> he goes, well, <coughs> I'm having a hard time getting anyone else to um, agree to talk to me. I go, right. Well, what are you going to do if certain people don't talk to you? He said, oh, I'm doing the book anyway. So it'll just be um, stories that other people tell me. I said, okay, give me a week. And so I called everyone that I had the numbers to, all of them, whether they were on the show with me or not, because I we all still kind of keep in touch. And I said, look, he's doing the book. So I've decided I'm going to speak because at least it'll be my truth. So it's up to you. Do you want to speak? Do you not want to speak? But he's going to do it. So if I were you, I would say what you want to say. And 90% of the people did it. You really deserve like a producer, co something. I mean, you got to thank you in the back of the book to me. Yeah, it was. Wow. It was... wow. Um, did you go to work like a, in fear of being pinched under the table each day or punched? They moved me halfway through the season. They moved me because they were like, she can't sit here and be pinched by, get the church pinched by Barbara all the time. So halfway through the season, I think I sat in between star and joy that's where they moved me and i used to be between joy and barbara so weren't you secretly happy when you were moved i was very happy i was very very happy also because i was stressed sitting next to barbara i was super stressed out like thinking oh my gosh even if she's you know not giving me the church pinch but you know oh gosh i don't i hope i'm sitting correctly i hope my outfit's okay i hope you know and that stress does not help you perform in any way and no. you're so caught up in your head when, I mean, forget the stress of America telling you who you are and what you did wrong, what you did right every single day immediately after the show, because it was a live show and you trying to be the representative or the voice for an entire generation. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. And then you have Barbara whose show it is. So, I mean, the inner turmoil was, you know, it was real. Let me be honest with you. And one time I remember Barbara, when I was walking out on stage, I don't know if I told him this in the book, she took my cards and we all had cards. She ripped them up and threw them away. She just threw them. And I said, she goes, you're much better without cards, baby. You don't need these cards. I was so scared. It was like walking on a, a high wire without a net underneath you. And I remember walking out of the blood rushing out of my head and we went, and just sat there for the first like two minutes, not saying a word, just kind of smiling, thinking, well, I better say something because, you know, we're on live TV. And then I just started listening to the conversation and believe it or not, it was probably the best show I ever did. So there's a lesson in that maybe a tough love again, but again, I was used to tough love. My parents told me not to come home if I didn't finish college. <laughs> 
see some tough love in there, but she, I will never have a better teacher in my life than Barbara Walters. Do you, who do you think is like, there's so many people that have come and gone besides yourself, like, you know, throughout the years, the bigger names like Megan McCain and Candace Cameron, and we have like Jenny McCarthy, like, who do you think is like Elizabeth Hasselbeck and Rosie and Whoop? like, who do you think is underrated? You know, like you say, everyone has, you know, some people lasted for a short period of time, you know, Rosie Perez, Sherry Shepard, Raven Small, like, who do you think is just underrated or is like, that one that was like, oh, she just wasn't such a good fit. And you're like, you know, I don't think she really got the credit she deserved. You know who I think that, because all those people you mentioned did get the credit they deserved. And I think they were all really good fits. I think it was, they were ready to just bounce. They were done with it at the time that we're out of here. It's enough. Like, you know, I was talking to Meredith about it and she said, I said, would you ever go back? She goes, that's like a prison sentence. I mean, we die laughing because the truth is it is. You or you feel like you're always in chains, whether it's from the show or the network or the public. The public is the worst one of all of them. You just, you feel so stressed. You can't walk out in public without somebody thinking they know you and telling you that you were, what you said was good or bad. We couldn't walk down the street without 25 people giving me their opinion of me. I'm like, oh gosh, this is awful. But I think, um, I think someone who was underrated, which I was really shocked because I thought she was so good was Michelle Collins. I thought she was so funny and so good. And she spoke her mind and it wasn't like she thought about it too much. She would, it wasn't a canned response where you could tell, oh, she sat and she, and according to this and according to that, because, you know, a lot of them do that on the show today with all their facts and this fact, and that I I could read a book too, honey. You don't need to tell me the facts. I want to know what you think and why you think it, not because you read something in, in an article. It's a little bit extra right now with that. I could, I could use a little less of that. But Michelle wasn't like that. She really spoke from the heart. And I think, in my opinion, the best people on that show are the ones that speak from the heart. And it doesn't mean that they're always going to be right. It doesn't mean they're going to be liked. It doesn't mean they're even going to get the facts straight sometimes. But who cares? Because 90% of America isn't getting the facts straight either. You know, And it makes them more lovable in my opinion, Sherry Shepard was awesome. Awesome. She was one of my favorite people on that show. And that is why she has a show of her own right now, because I think she's been missed. Her presence on television has been missed. And I think people see, um, they see someone who's authentic. She's so authentic. And yeah, they would make fun of her for silly things. She'd say, so what? You think she's the only person on the planet who ever says things like that? Because I can guarantee you every single person I know who's not on TV mixes up their words every day. So imagine doing that on television and then have everyone making fun of you. Come on, get over it. She's awesome. You think she's like a great replacement for Wendy? I do. I think it's different. No one's ever going to be Wendy. That is, that was a moment in time and Wendy is one of one, one of one. That's it. Limited edition. They broke the mold. You'd be very hard pressed, I think, to be able to find another um, talent like Wendy who could say what she says and get away with it. That Joan Rivers could do that and Wendy, but so many other people have tried. Um, Chelsea tries to do it and people get mad at her and hate her, but 
they don't hate Wendy and they never hated Joan. It's a really interesting sort of gift you have to have to be like that. You can't sit down there and say the things that Wendy says and said and get away with it. It's a really rare, rare sort of quality. I agree because I do a gossip show on this interview podcast one day a week. And, you know, it will, with me, it's like people in the reality space will get mad at me. And it's like, do you, did you listen? Those are not my words. That was the guest's words that actually hates you. I didn't say it, but it's, it is a fine line. I agree. I think you're right. That was the brilliance of Wendy. She would be out with you at night and she'd be like, this drink is great. And we're going to have another one. And you are my great friend. You know, tomorrow morning, I'm going to talk about all this on the air and I'm not going to necessarily say great things, but you're still my great friend. It's brilliant. Or, you know, she started on the red carpet on the radio. The stuff that she would say on the red carpet on the radio, I was dying. I can't believe somebody didn't smack her. And instead, she got bigger and bigger and bigger and, and got a television deal out of it. She was one of a kind. I think it's going to be a long time before you can find someone who's going to do what Wendy did. Sherry, different bird altogether. Sherry's one of the kindest, is not going to say a bad word about you, even if there are bad things to say. <laughs> She's the best. Do you think there was any co-host of The View who was the opposite, who was overrated? Who was overrated? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, sheesh. Okay, let's go through them right now. Who was overrated? I mean, we have like Hasselbeck, Rosie, Whoopi, Sherry, who you don't think it is, McCarthy, Rosie Perez, Raven Simone, Candace Cameron, not Michelle Collins, Megan McCain. I mean, Joy Behar, Vieira, Star. Oh, Nicole was on there, who was sweet as could be. No, Sunny. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, Sunny, I wouldn't say anyone was overrated. Because, I mean, all those people you just mentioned really did a good job. I mean, whether you liked them or not, oh boy, were they entertaining. I mean, you could sit back and be like, what in the heck is happening right now? They, they delivered. So whether you liked them or not, they delivered. I would say maybe some people weren't as a good a fit, because I think maybe they were um, either not willing to share their views and their opinions or not um, comfortable, like I said, because maybe they got burned and they're like, oh boy, I didn't realize this is what I signed up for. You know, I think they were a little um, maybe uh, too meek and, and got eaten up at that table. Because if you are too kind there and you don't fight to get your words in, you're not getting your words in. You know. Who do you think was the most in over their head then? Which is not a negative. It just is what it is. Not I everyone's the most in over my head. <laughs> I mean, it was the original. So, okay. So besides, I mean, I wouldn't say in over your head, but I think um, Nicole is so sweet and so kind that I think, you know, and I love her. And I remember doing interviews with her and me thinking, oh gosh, she's so nice. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't think nice goes a long way on that show. I don't think polite and nice goes a long way. I think um, uh, I think being very forward and a little abrupt serves you well there. I would but think so. Not where I would bring my manners. <laughs> who do you who do you have a favorite on the current panel? 
joy. Joy is my girl. I love joy so much. And it really bothers me that people go after her and she doesn't care. Joy could care less, which is, by the way, how about that for full circle, a lesson in life. She told me that from the beginning. Who cares, baby? Who cares? Nobody cares. Don't listen to these people. You shouldn't care what other people think of you. You should not care. Your life will be a lot easier, a lot calmer, and you'll have less stress and probably less disease because stress causes disease. But I would say joy, obviously, because when we go back, she's the, she's the OG. She was, she's the last standing original member. And I said to her last time we were there, we all went out for dinner, me, Star, her, and Meredith after we had a reunion show. And um, I said, you do realize that if you go, none of us have any connection to that show anymore. Like something, a piece of me will die the day you walk off that set because it's, it like, you're talking about it with me. There's not one show I go on or have gone on in my entire career and haven't been asked about The View. It's like Linda Blair with The Exorcist. Like she could not, <laughs> and I'm okay because I loved it and it was an incredible experience. If it wasn't for that experience, I would not probably have had the opportunities I've had. So when she leaves, it's going to be like, wow, that was a moment in time that we will never have again, you know? And of course, second Whoopi, because Whoopi I've known for years too, and I love her. But Joy, that's my girl. What did she say to that when you told her a piece would die? I mean, she just had her 80th. She just said she's never leaving. So I have to go at some point. My God, you want me to speak of the dying? You want me to die here? <laughs> I go, no, Joy, you cannot leave. You cannot leave. She goes, well, get ready for it. I'm going to have to leave eventually. <laughs> Before I have one more topic to bend, then we could wrap up. By the way, in and to your point, even if Joy does go, I still think there will never be an interview that you will do that someone will not want to talk about the view. And yes. second of all, I had so many other, you're going to have to come back. Cause I mean, this, you're just so good at this because like that was all those stories were so entertaining. I was going to talk to you about Joan and Melissa, your career at E red carpets fashion. We got to get that. Oh, we have to go down that road. When I was on Melissa's web, um, podcast, we talked about Joan and how much fun that was gosh she was amazing melissa's been on here many then i went on to host um uh what not house of style um fashion police after they had gotten rid of joan and melissa and i went on to host it and p.s speaking of oh i couldn't say nearly as many things as joan said and get and gotten away with it joan could say things and it was no problem the censors don't care i was like what's fashion please i would say something and get in huge trouble the next day because i'm not joan rivers I'm telling you, it's a gift. Only a few people on the planet that I've known have ever had that. <laughs> Did you get in trouble like by the network and the, all that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they would cut it out of the show and you're like, oh, gosh. Meanwhile, Joan would say it. It would be hysterical. She was literally the best. We have a mutual friend in common that she would have been on this podcast multiple times if she were around. Melissa has been on many times. This is what I wanted to ask you before we wrap up as we change the subject. You know, would you, you've done so many things in your career. Now I know you're busy. You have this new show on the GAC network and you're busy and you do give great lifestyle advice and just great life advice. You could be a life coach in your spare time if you ever wanted a kind of. I do it for my friends. I enjoy it for my friends. Meanwhile, then I think to myself, am I taking that same advice? <laughs> you know, it's easy to give it. 
honey, you are preaching to the choir. I, everything you said, I'm like, I am aligned and all that stuff. But then when it comes to like dating advice, everything, I'm a mess. And I give great advice. And I'm like, it's something about me just doesn't want to take my own advice. And I know that, but that's a whole nother. That's another podcast. Podcast. But would you ever do like, you know, there's a lot of like Housewives fans that listen to this. There's a lot of reality. Like, would you ever do like, if you were called for like Beverly Hills Housewives, you live in LA and you know, would you ever do Housewives? I think that's tricky because once you allow, I mean, listen, I said when you're, you're on national television for live for a day, I mean, not for a day, for an hour a day and you're voicing your opinion and sharing your views on things, how many people attack you? I mean, on those reality shows, you're, you have to be really, you have to have thick skin, number one, which I've developed through the years. That's fine. It's not going to bother me, but you have to really want that you got to really want to be on that show because if you look at what's happened to most of those people, you know, every little thing is under the microscope and a lot of times their lives are torn apart. Now, just because you're uber famous and you're super rich and everybody knows your name does not mean you're happy. You know, you are giving every ounce of you, who you are to the public and nothing remains sacred anymore. Nothing, you know? So I don't know. That's a tough one. Once you invite those cameras into your home, oh boy, it's on like Donkey Kong and there's no getting out and they, they multiply like gremlins and you don't know what's happened. So, and I think a lot of the reality stars don't realize that until they're in it. And then once they're in it, it's too late. You can't close that box, Pandora's box. So either you have to be a thousand percent in or out. You can't put your toe in. I would agree with all that. Have you ever been approached? Has anyone ever suggested you? I have many times. And it's interesting because every time I go, I don't know, maybe I would, yeah, maybe, maybe. And then I think about it and I think about it and I say, okay, yeah, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it. And then I just think, oh, they're going to forget. They'll forget. They won't call me back. This is, they forget. And then once they keep going, I'm like, "Uh." so Up until now, I'll just leave it at this because I was approaching. Up until now, I have been too busy. So I feel like that was the universe telling me, no, it's not time because I was shooting the insider and home and family simultaneously for seven years. I was on home family for 10 years. And then, you know, you're just too busy. You can't do a a live show and two live shows and have... I try, it was impossible. I said, well, unless they want to come to home and family set. And I don't know how interesting the housewives are going to be at home and family. I mean, we're like, Hey everybody, can I bake you a cake? The housewives were not that. <laughs> so, so up until now I've been too busy, but it's interesting. Cause it's also come down the road again, just recently. So I don't know, but I'm watching what's happening. I'm thinking, I would, what, how would I serve that show is my question. What am I going to, I mean, I'm, I'm not flipping tables. I'm not going to tell anyone their husband is this or that. I'm not going to tell anyone off. I would, I would be boring. I would be the person that doesn't fit. Cause I'd be boring. And then be nice to them. Okay. Well put a pin in that for just one second. Like, do you know, like Rena, Garcelle, Oh, and I love them all. I've worked with Rena. I've worked with Garcelle. They've all been on my shows through the years. Garcelle's best friends with one of my dear friends, Christos. It's like my Greek brother. Um, Teddy had, well, she's not on anymore. She had been on Home and Family a million times with me. 
Um, Dorit's been on Home and Family. What's the other girl? Kyle. Kyle. Like, I, I don't know the new ones, but I know them all. And I really appreciate them all. I don't know what, how I, how would I fit? Well, A, you know them. That's, that's a pretty big, has anyone specifically out of all these people like suggested you, as you say, they keep coming back, like did Rinna or Purcell or Kyle or Kathy Hilton? Like, did you know, like, does someone hand your name in? Is that why they're coming to you? Or they just, they know no, you? No, I have no idea. And I always say to my manager, do they watch my shows? Why would they want me? <laughs> like yes you're calling me I'm like okay well in my experience like you said what you just said I agree with everything you say you have to be a thousand percent in and then you don't think you have anything to offer and then you get there and then when you didn't you know put the drink down or hold the door for someone or whatever it is that will become a big thing and Kyle or Rinna or whoever will be coming after you you were there, so you will speak up and you will, next thing you know, you will be a thousand percent in and yes, you should just ignore all the comments and you will be fighting as nice as you think you are and as pleasant as you are with all these day jobs, you will be probably screaming on the top of your lungs. Probably, because I think they know how to push your buttons. And that's another thing. I mean, listen, we've all been doing this a million years and we know what producers do and we know when they want a story, how they can lead you down a path to say what they need you to say. You know, and maybe that's another reason because I've been doing this for so long. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Producer cuts tell me to try to, you know, to take the story this way. If I'll be like, come on, you guys, come on. That's not cool. <laughs> you might, you might be one of the people that goes in and says, you know what? I'm a one season wonder. This wasn't for me. It wasn't a good fit. It sounds like you were approached recently for possibly the next season as they're thinking of casting. Mm-hmm. That's a yes. I was. Mm-hmm. And you're considering it, it sounds like. Well, it was not a... Yes, I. it's the only time that I would have ever been able to be available to them. So I said, you know what? You should always accept an opportunity. You don't know what it is. This is all very, very beginning and conversations with them and yada, yada, but we'll see where it goes. Never say never. You never know. I mean, I'm the person who says, listen, if you, if someone invites you somewhere and you say, oh, I don't want to go, for instance, the party that I went to, to see the going away party, if I hadn't gone and I didn't want to go, had I not gone to that party, look where my life went. So always be open. A hundred percent. I love all this. And before we wrap up, they just announced like they've rebooted the New York City cast. They have a whole new group of people. Do you, a lot of them are in the lights because they're like starting over with New York. That's been known for a while. I see you're like shocked to hear this news, but a lot of them are considering your job, uh, you know, your lifestyle expert and a food expert in your job at like G- GAC, but like do you know any of these people? Like there are a lot of like in the lifestyle space, like Cy De Silva, Uba Hassan, Jenna Lyons. No. Li- Li- Jenna Lyons is on there? Ev- Why is everybody so, uh, people are shocked. Everyone has that reaction. Why are, why are you shocked? Why are, why are you, sh- everyone has this reaction, but why? I don't understand. They are rebranding. She, I, I, they're rebranding completely. I don't know those other two, but if that's what they're going for, it's going to be a lifestyle show. (laughs) 
It is. Well, they have Lizzie Savetsky. Do you know her? She's an influencer in New York. No, but I'm going to, I'm going to Google these people as soon as we're done. Why do you think Jenna Lyons is too like serious? Is that the reaction? No, she's just not housewivesy. Or, or what my opinion of the housewives is. So, wow, maybe I need to rethink how I'm approaching this. I had no idea. That's interesting. Well, now you're considering it even more. So now when you are a housewife, you remember that I helped this happen, Debbie. So when you are a housewife and I like beg to talk to you again, I'll want to talk to you regardless. You, but... have to, you manifested, you manifested this. Wow, that's wild. They really yeah. are. You know what? Maybe that goes back to what I said. People are, they don't want to see the, I don't think that people want to see the hatefulness and the, and the cattiness and the bitchiness anymore. I don't think people like that anymore. At least I don't. I think I would hope that with COVID, a lot of that has kind of, it's kind of gross, you know? I agree. And I think, yeah, I think they want like some, like you look at like Netflix reality shows that are so popular, they have a little drama, but it's not, it's not this level of intensity and they do great. It's Netflix. They're great shows. Yeah, I haven't seen any of them. Which ones are you talking about? Like Bling Empire, Selling Sunset. They're brilliant. My neighbor knows the Bling Empire people and he's always bragging to me that he's coming over. I'm like, who is this Bling Empire person? <laughs> so my advice is do not turn it on unless you want to lose hours of your life because you won't turn it off. Well, I should turn it on. So then when I go over the next time, I'll be impressed. <laughs> They're just all like so rich. And it's just, I mean, you know, it's LA. We all know how it works, but it's just, one has like apparently $800 million, 600. Like, it's like, you're just like, you, it's, it's so interesting. It's like, but there's drama. But yes, Jenna Lyons. And so, all right. So maybe we'll see you on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Maybe. Maybe. Never say never. Listen, the next time you come back, though, I have a whole, this wasn't supposed to be all about the view. Well, it was fun, though. So who cares? We'll do another one. We'll do another one. And as we wrap up my final question, do you, you know, I live in New York. Do you, does anyone talk to Barbara? Like, I know that she hasn't been well rumored and she just stays in. Like, does anyone know what's going on with Barbara Walters? I have, I personally don't know because I haven't spoken to them about it, but I haven't spoken to Barbara probably, it's been a few years before COVID, but I'll tell you what, when I saw her then, she looked great, was completely, was fine. I mean, she's older. She's, gosh, at this point, was she 92? I mean, she's not not a spring chicken. So, you know, anything that goes along with, with maybe getting older is, I'm sure, happening but she's been I haven't spoken to her I would love to to speak to her you know as a matter of fact I'm gonna send her an email and just because we used to communicate through email she's very good at email she's not very good at text so I'll send her an email and next time we talk I'll let you know (laughs) please do everyone needs tell everyone where they can check out your new show on GAC Okay, it's called A Cheerful Heart in Home with Debbie Matinopoulos. It is on the Great American Community app, which is on Android, on um, on the Apple Store. And that is, when you go find it, it's G-A, and then uh, capital G-A, lowercase c, community. Or you can go to greatamericancommunity.com, and it's all there as well. Um, you can go to their Instagram, which is great American community or GAC as well. And it's all over their Instagram, which, um, has really been a very popular way for people to watch. And 
they are running it literally as sort of little interstitials on the channel. But I think the easiest way right now is to download the free app and then you can just watch whatever you want. And it's, I think like 15 of us. It's yeah. myself, and Douglas, it's a lot of, it's Lawrence Zary and a lot of the people that were on the show before. Cameron, um, a lot of their actors like Trevor Donovan, he does this thing called um, Everyday Adventures. And he literally just like surfs or skateboards without a shirt on or plays with his dogs. His is a very popular uh, channel. I know all about him because I am such a 90210 fan and he was on the 90210 reboot. Yeah. And yes, C- Candace Cameron, I think is coming to the platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Candace is also, um, she is one of the faces of GAC. Danica McKellar's on there. Um, oh, Jill Wagner, who's also a good friend of mine. Larissa, who was on Home and Family with us as well. And we're gonna, you're going to start seeing some crossover of Shirley Bobshaw, who is um, a horticulturist and is literally, if you have any questions about anything gardening or any tree or anything planting or landscaping, this woman is more knowledgeable than anyone I've ever met in this business on that subject. It's unbelievable. Like you'll find a leaf or a seed and be like, wow, she's like, that is from the so-and-so plant. And the official name is zoological Mozgla. And you're like, wait, what? I mean, she's, she ha- like has a PhD. She's incredible and really fun wow. to watch. So it's going to be fun. And we're going to, she's going to come over and help me plant some things. Cause some of my stuff died and Larissa's going to help me adopt a dog. So there's a lot of sort of, you know, pollination. Oh my gosh. We both just said at the same time, speaking of Shirley cross-pollination. Right, exactly. I love, maybe you know me, I'm friends with Lauren Zarian's brother. I'm really good friends with Gregory Zarian. Oh my gosh. Maybe, maybe, that's, that, how maybe that's how we know each other. And I, I've met Lawrence once when they were in New York together. Friend? Say it again. Did you come to set? No. Maybe we had dinner together. I don't know. I've, I've met I know. We're, we're going to think of it. But listen, you will come back because this was like, I could talk to you for nine hours, so. And we will. We can, we can just go out and have dinner and talk. I'm LA in January, so we will do something. Please. The no, seriously. Mark. I'll tell Noelia. I will. Thank you so much. I'll share the socials with everyone and like, keep in touch. Yes, of course. And if you share, um, like share a clip or something, I'll, I'll put it on my Instagram. We post it. That's- so gonna, um, when is this going to drop? That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will let you know soon. How is that? Perfect. Let me know and I'll promote it. But soon there's a show every day. So I'm just going to figure it out. Okay. <laughs> All right. Nice talking to you. Nice speaking with you, David. So you good too. To- I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. 
or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.